trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio. I'm Carolyn Harding, and today I'm talking with Bob Crayson, Sandy Bolzinius, and Will Perkins, volunteer organizers with the Columbus Community Rights Coalition, and leads on the recently released White Paper Study, The Risks to the Greater Columbus Water Supply from Oil and Gas Production. In retirement, Bob Crayson became an activist for SPAN Ohio in 2006. The organization wants health care for all Ohioans and or enhanced and improved Medicare for all. He joined the Columbus Community Rights Coalition in 2014 because he figured there was no point in trying to get health care for all if we were going to be poisoned by our drinking water. We do need both clean water and health care for all. Sandy Bolzinius is a local community rights activist, the facilitator for Move to Amend in Central Ohio, an Army veteran, and a former international teacher who has lived in Europe, Africa, and Asia. She holds a doctorate in history from The Ohio State University and is the author of Glory in Their Spirit, How Four Black Women Took on the Army During World War II from the University of Illinois Press in 2018. Sandy believes that a just fully inclusive and sustainable world for all is not only possible, but within our grasp, so long as people, not big money, are deciding our public policies. Will Perkins was born and raised in Columbus. He was a member of the first graduating class of Columbus Northland High School and went on to graduate from both Columbus Technical Institute and Ohio Dominican College. He spent his career in printing and graphic arts, ranging from printing press operator to plant manager, and finished his printing career as manager of the in-house printing and mailing operations at Ross Laboratories, a division of Abbott Laboratories. He is realizing a life goal by spending his retirement years involved in community activism with a focus on endeavoring to improve our planet for future generations. In February of 2021, the Columbus Community Rights Coalition reached out to the Columbus Water Department, asking for a copy of the Columbus Source Water Protection Plan to review and ascertain whether Columbus was testing for oil and gas production and waste contaminants in the Columbus Metro Water Supply, serving over 1,200 people and 20-plus communities. 1,200,000 people. Oh. Thank you, Bob, very much. <laughs> this group received only three out of the nine sections of the Columbus Source Water Protection Plan. But undaunted, you took on the material provided, researched publications, peer-reviewed scientific studies, and conferred with water, soil, and map scientists to write the risks to the greater Columbus water supply from oil and gas production, white paper. Welcome, my friends. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. having us. So tell us. What is a white paper? Sandy, let's start with you. Okay. Um, white papers are research-based reports for um, decision makers, usually public officials, but people who are not necessarily experts in that particular field or the topic at hand. And um, they are there to make this difficult, complex issue much more understandable to the general public. So is this white paper written... For scientists, public lay people, or everyone? 
absolutely for scientists, for the experts, because they need to know what's happening as well, what we're laying out in this in this paper. But it's also written for the general public. Look, this is a democracy. The people are in the charge of these decision-making operations. We need to be involved in it. So it's written for everyone. It's got all the graphs and all the number crunching data in there as well that the experts are going to love and cherish and understand. But for the rest of us, someone like me, who doesn't have a really strong science background, there are lots of highlighted sections that if you're not sure, you look at this paper, you can go and look at um, what's highlighted. There's conclusion or summary at the end of every chapter. There's overall information in the introduction that'll give you a good idea what we're all about and what we're doing, what this is for. And the very end is um, steps to take to mitigate these risks and maybe prevent them altogether. All right. Thank you. Um, Bob, what was the impetus to take on this comprehensive study? For me, it was the fact that 50 to 65 percent of our bodies is water. So we all need water to continue to live. I could see that there were incursions into um, the safety of the water supply for, from oil and gas interests uh, that started in Morrow County when the village of Carnington lost all of their, uh, their wells uh, to oil contamination. And they had to go a very great distance to reestablish a water supply for the village. It took them over a year, during which there, a lot of trucks came through the town bringing water, uh, but it was a long and arduous task for them. And I sure don't want to see that happen to Columbus. How far away is Cardington from Columbus? It's about an hour away. <clears throat> it's uh, north of us in Morrill County. And is it in the Columbus Metro watershed? Yes, it is in the watershed. All right. And so what comes uh, from Morrill County uh, doesn't necessarily stay there. Hmm. How about you, Will? What was the, your personal impetus to get involved with this study? Well, I think I was like most people would be, particularly people who are not science-based folks. Uh, I'm a communications guy, and I, I uh, certainly have learned so much about water that I never thought I would ever know in my lifetime. And uh but the one thing that I do know is that water is basically the new oil. It's uh, uh, if we don't do everything that we can to protect our water resources, um, we the, the world cannot survive without that. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's it's vitally important when we take a look at some of the things that have been done to threaten our water source, it's, it's just a no brainer. I think that, uh, I, I wish that everybody could share the same passion that we have for that, uh, you know, for this movement. Uh, and I think that the white paper is going to, you know, maybe lead us in a path that that's going to get some, uh, some coverage on this because up to this point, we have been blocked and we have been blocked and we have been blocked by people who are supposed to represent us. And I think that uh, it's high time that that we start uh, putting the truth in front of people's faces so that maybe we can get uh, you know some attention from them. Thanks. Sandy, you did the lion's share of the editing writing of this of this document and it is what 60 or 90 pages altogether? Yes. Can you tell us in a nutshell what is in this white paper. 
it actually has every component that we're concerned about. It has the history of, um, of oil and gas industry in Ohio, what the consequences of that has been, and why that's an issue for us, and what we can do to resolve these problems. And it's also very much a democracy document that the people can get involved. We have a right, we have a responsibility to, um, to ourselves, to our homes, our businesses, to the future, to the kids. And um, so it lines out all of that in a very comprehensive form. Um, when it's, It is about 90 pages, but a lot of that are graphs and some fun pictures and, um, you know, bibliography, all these kinds of things. So it's not that long of a read, especially since you consider that many parts are highlighted and you'll see lots of color in there that you can, you know, check out too. But I think it'll be really important for the experts and an interesting read for everybody else too. Very comprehensive. Bob, you've been, you've marshaled this white paper from the beginning until now. And can you tell our listeners the variety of people that have taken part in creating this white paper? We were led by an, a water geologist uh, in writing this. Uh, she had been uh, doing her work for nigh on to 50 years and is on the verge of retirement. I don't know if she's ever going to retire, actually, but she had led and guided us. The rest of us were all interested people coming from a wide variety of backgrounds and each contributing a piece to it. I came from a pretty lay background, uh, some science, but not a great deal. But I was especially interested in, in this issue for what I said, the, the potential harm that we could receive if we don't pay attention. What part did you find most compelling for you, Will? And what did you actually help with in, um, in this white paper? Well, I, you know, to avoid being um, too overly critical of people that have been involved in this along, along the way, and I'm not talking about our uh, our movement to, you know, try to, you know, protect our water sources. Mm -hmm. But the thing that, that just amazes me is that first we, uh, along the way drilled wells in the middle of our watershed that were used for probably a variety of things. And then when they no longer were being useful, then the oil and gas industry, uh, had uh, fracking waste that they had to get rid of. So we decided, you know, this that's the editorial we, to stuff this poisonous uh, brine, if you will, down into uh, those wells right smack in the middle of our watershed. Now, we don't know how reliable those wells are. And I don't think that anybody knows how reliable and it would only take one leak to compromise our, um, uh, you know, our, our water. And, and that's just, that's too high a price to pay. I think that somebody should be um, forced through our democratic process to do things, to protect us, to, to, to put monitoring things in place that that could maybe warn us if we're going to have one of those leaks and at the same time stop doing it you know mm -hmm. if those are if that's fracking waste and i'm not a i'm certainly not a a proponent of fracking 
uh, the, the the concept of of shoving poisonous liquids into our earth just makes no sense to me. Uh, but I think we need to stop that uh, first, and then uh, you know, then maybe the next step is to get uh, you know the oil and and gas people to come up with a better way to 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 harvest that fossil fuel. Thanks, Will, Sandy. This document is a, a, actually a, a collaboration draw document. You're, you're reaching out to the Columbus Water Department. Tell us about your interactions with the Columbus Water Department and what their feedback has has been. First, Sandy, then Bob. Yeah, um, we were told um, our um, scientific advisor who uh, wrote the majority of this report was very was highly complimentary towards the water department. She said, make sure you give them a copy of this before you deliver it to the public. So that's what we did. We met with three um, officials. I will, John Newsom, and I'll let Bob fill in on the others. Really a great meeting. They were very interested. They met with us in person, went through it, seemed very interested. Um, they have yet to get back with us, um, at least with um, report, because we were asking them, did you see any problems with it? Is there anything that we need to know? Because as you stated at the beginning, Carolyn, we did we were not able to get all of the documents that we had hoped to get. We don't know why, for whatever reasons, but we were hoping that the water department may be able to advise us on these. So um, thus far, we have not heard from them. And we just have to go public. And they acknowledge that. They said, we know that you, you're ready to go. So I'll let Bob, Bob take the rest of that. Do you have anything else, Bob, about that situation? Well, I wanted them to consider us to be stakeholders in this. We were not adversarial with the Columbus Water Department. We wanted genuine feedback from them about what we had written so far. We did that on March 31st. And here it is, uh, June 8th and 9th. And we have not yet received a response from them. We have also delivered the what copies of the white paper to members of Columbus City Hall and to the mayor. Uh, we asked for a meeting and we have not been able to arrange for a meeting there. There was some interest in having one, but that seems to have, have evaporated. Uh, so I'm kind of disappointed that uh, we've met this resistance, if you will, uh, to what we have done uh, because our desire all along was to help them see something maybe that they were missing. This is Carolyn Harding with Grassroot Ohio. And today I'm talking with Bob Crayson, Sandy Bolzinius, and Will Perkins. They are from the Columbus Community Rights Coalition and are co-writers or co-leads in the risks to the greater Columbus water supply from oil and gas production white paper study. In addition to the Columbus um, Water Department, we you have delivered, we have delivered a copy to the 20 plus communities that buy their water from Columbus. Is that so? Yes. Right. Amongst the group, we all divvied up the, the white paper documents and delivered them to communities. And I'm from Bexley. I delivered it to the utilities director there and gave a copy for the mayor and one of the council members. And we'll be reaching out to them within about two more weeks. So we'll see what they say. Have we gotten any feedback from any of the other communities? Bob? Will? I think one of the places that was was helpful was a, a meeting, brief meeting we had with the director of the water department in Westerville. Uh, Westerville was also impacted by the oil and gas uh, drilling in Morrill County in 1960. They lost access to Hoover Reservoir and then they were really lucky to have a backup in Alum Creek Reservoir uh, from which they could pipe water. 
Um, that was an interesting uh, conversation with the director there. Um, but we have not received any feedback from any of the water departments, including Delco, Delaware City, and no written information back from Cardington. But we did visit all those. Excellent. I, I'd and like to mention something about that yes. um, as well. Um, when we were calling, and this is true for <clears throat> all of us at some point, when we called to different places, different municipalities, and I requested a meeting, a chance to talk and deliver the paper, um, people were very kind and all that, but there was this some hesitation, like, why are you coming to us? We get our water from the city of Columbus, so we don't really have a lot of control over it. And that was the point. Yes, you do get your city, your water from the city of Columbus, so you might want to be really concerned about it because um, this fracking waste we're talking about, I mean, the, the whole paper is about the risk we face, and at the core of it is that there's this this fracking waste is toxic and radioactive. And when it leaks, it doesn't have to be a lot. And, and I should say, not it's not a matter of if. It's not a matter of um, if it leaks, <clears throat> when it leaks. It will leak at some point. Maybe it's a thousand years from now. I doubt it. It's going to be a lot closer than that. But even if it was a thousand years, that would be wrong. But it's, it could leak anytime. Plus, we have tanker trucks filled with this stuff. Um, going along roads, driving along roads here, the regulations for them are just not that that strong. As we saw recently with the rail train disaster, different different chemicals, but same concept. That these things, once they leak, you can forget about life there for a good long time. So, um, anyone listening to this um, from outside of Columbus, this is your concern too. If you're in the greater Columbus area. This is very much your concern. I would say even further south, because <laughs> all of it's affected, like Bob said earlier, what happens in one place doesn't stay there. Um, to add to that, these are some of the communities, Dublin, Hilliard, Upper Arlington, Worthington, New Albany, Gahanna, Reynoldsburg, Whitehall, Bexley, Obetz, Groveport, Grove City, Bryce, Marblecliff, Minerva Park, Riverlee, Valley View, and Urban Crest. These are all the suburbs that buy their water from Columbus. We're all the stakeholders. Let's go on. I would like you guys to discuss what are the most concerning issues that, that we have found in this white paper. There's no tracking of um, any potential leaks near these injection wells in Morrow and Delaware counties. Um, since they are outside of uh, Columbus's water jurisdiction, Columbus is not the person that ordinarily should be doing that. But if Columbus doesn't do it, nobody else is going to do it. And that's why we're leaning on the city of Columbus to take the leadership in making this happen. We want them to establish monitoring and testing uh, arrangements around these uh, injection wells north of us. How about you, Will? What's most concerning for you? Well, the- I, I'll just add on to what Bob said. I, you know, I, I don't think that this should ever... Uh, turn it into a competition between uh, the folks in Morrow County and, and Columbus, because uh, this is more of a universal problem or threat. But and, and I think the thing that we need to go back to is uh, if you take a look at the title of the white paper, the, the operative word is risk. And if we don't, you know, to me, uh, and I tend to be probably more of the radical of the group, but I think that 
you know, we should force uh, the uh, fossil fuel folks that are, you know, sticking these chemicals down in these wells to, you know, provide funding so that we can put monitors by each and every one of those wells so that they can be tracked, you know, on a, on a day-to-day basis so that if there is any kind of leak that, uh, you know, we'll be alarmed to it. I, you know, I think that's the first step. I, the unfortunate thing is, is that there's probably so much of those chemicals stuffed in that down in there now that, uh, you know, I, I don't know that that process can be reversed. And so we need to take, uh, you know, the kind of steps that are going to, to, mm-hmm. to protect us because, you know, we talked about all these communities. We're talking about 1.2 million people that are affected by this, uh, that are right in that risk. So, yeah. How about you, Sandy? Well, again, I'm the democracy girl here, I guess, because I keep talking, bringing that up. But I'm, I'm really offended by how the state in, um, is um, has taken away local rights over the last few decades. Um, knowing that there, this was going to be a big issue. So knowing that the people would not approve of this, who wants to get sick? <laughs> and they keep taking away our, our local rights and and telling us we don't have them, which according to our U.S. Constitution and our Ohio Constitution, we do have these rights to protect our, our ourselves. Um, so that's one thing. And then that's, that's the overall thing that they're trying to um, stymie our democracy rights. and um, and they, you know, we, we meet every owner's obstacle and they throw more into us. But the other thing is just one, one issue among many is um, this brine that they're taking this, this fracking waste, which is very salty. And they're saying, ah, oh, this would be a really great de-icer. And so they're using it on roads or they're trying to use it on more roads and passing legislation to do so. And this toxic and radioactive brine Sounds like a nice word, but Brian um, is is then put on our roads, then goes to the on the side of the roads, and anybody who walks past it, drives it, you know, from their tire from their car tires to their to their shoes, ends up in their family neighborhoods, in the house, and and this Brian spreads this toxic and radioactive waste. So yes, we need to get have democracy, and if we have democracy in the people say, sure, we're fine with that. Okay, that's another story. But if we we need to have the right to say yes or no to this, these threats. I agree with you. And it's not just fracking brine. It's the conventional oil and gas brine that is also, they're trying to commodify it at the state house. So mm-hmm. that also is radioactive. So it's all oil and gas waste, liquid waste. Carolyn, I, like- I, I think that uh, an important, I'm sorry, I, I think it's important thing that we also mentioned here too, is that this white paper is not the start of our movement. Uh, we have a very detailed timeline of uh, you know, what this group has gone through since 2014, and that timeline is posted on our website. Which what is our know, website, our, Will? Uh, boy, you asked me too quick. What is it? ColumbusBillOfRights.org. Yeah, yeah. yeah. T- thank you very much. I, I think so much. Um, people can check out... The reason why I say our website, because disclosure, my friend, is that these are my colleagues and I've been working with the Columbus Community Rights Coalition and the Columbus Community Bill of Rights since the beginning. I need, Bob, to tell our audience what are the main top asks from the white paper to the city of Columbus Water Department? 
As I already said, uh, we are asking them to do testing around the well sites. We are asking them to negotiate with Morrow and uh, Delaware counties to stop allowing brine to be spread on their streets. Our one success has been is that we have been able to engage with the Franklin County commissioners who have are not allowing uh, brine to be spread on uh, Franklin County roads and streets. Uh, that was a big success for us. Uh, but, but much more needs to be done with that. That is really a very dangerous thing. You caught me by surprise in a way. Um, I have all the other ones listed, but I can't think of them right now. Um, Sandy? I think, yeah. Um, so there's actually, um, there's there's many, but I'll just go to these channel, ones, yeah. is to um, to map map these tanker truck routes. Where are they? Where are they going? We need to make sure we're monitoring them. An emergency notification system whenever there is any kind of um, risk, uh, immediate risk to our water, you know, accidents or what have you. There have been accidents, by the way. A database of these incidents, we need to have those out there for everyone to see. And also um, usage of the um, frack brine on roads in um, Delaware and Morrow County. Okay, I think we need to wrap it up as far as that many asks, because there are 15 asks in this document. more Soil and water testing. Okay, thank you so much, Sandy. And we um, have to wrap this up. People can find this white paper as of June 12th, which was the official kickoff to the public at www.columbusbillofrights.org and read this white paper for themselves. It's comprehensive. I learn something new every time I read it. Do you have one word of advice to our listeners regarding the white paper? Let's start with, keep it short, please. Uh, Bob. Don't take your water for granted. Just because it comes out of the spigot today, there's no promise that it will do that tomorrow. Thank you, Sandy. If not us, it's not going to happen. So we need to do it. Will? It's a scholarly document. And don't let that scare you because, you know, you don't have to read the whole thing. Go in and, and look at the bullet points. You'll get the gist of what's uh, the message that we're trying to provide with this white paper. So don't Thanks just, so much. you know, take a look. Thank you for writing the white paper. Thank you for your time, your diligence, your commitment to protect Columbus water. And thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Until WGRN's new radio tower is up and running, you can always stream us on Friday, 5 p.m. at www.wgrn.org. And our show on Sunday can be streamed at www.wcrsfm.org. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back. Down, 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 down.